Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Verse 9, Judah, thou, Judah's a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down, he couched as a lion, as an old lion who shall rouse him up. So he paints the picture here of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, as like a lion. And once the lion has its prey, once you, from the prey, my son, once the lion has its prey, it will not be taken away from it. You know, the, the, the cheetah, the, the cheetah is always cheated out of his prey. That's why they call him a cheetah. <laughs> The cheetah has his prey taken from it. The leopard, he, he's so paranoid that his prey is going to be taken from him, he drags it up a tree and eats it up there. Thinks that you know, so the leopard has his prey taken from it, but the lion does not. The lion does not have his prey. And this speaks to the fact that the Lord Jesus is the judge. And no one can escape out of his judgment hand. And he said in John 5.22, John 5.22, he's acting like a lion and judge. See, for the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. And then he went on, same chapter, John 5.26, John 5.26, for as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself, and hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he's the Son of Man. So the Lord Jesus is going to judge all men, and when he does that, he's going to be like a lion with his prey, where nothing's going to be able to take the lion, the prey away from the lion. But it's going to be a very, 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 very frightening thing when that happens. That's why it says in Hebrews 10.31, Hebrews 10.31, for it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. As a matter of fact, that was a sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, by Jonathan Edwards. Anyway, so now Jacob goes, Jacob now uh, looks at Judah, and he goes from describing uh, the Messiah from Judah, from the victor who has his hand in the neck of his enemies, from the lion who is unchallenged with his prey as he judges all men, to a completely different aspect of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus, when he says in verse 10, the scepter shall not depart from Judah nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. And unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Now, you know, there's many, many interesting names for the Lord Jesus in the Bible, and this is one of them, Shiloh, Shiloh. We've already seen from Genesis 3.15 that the name, a name for the Messiah, the Lord Jesus, was and is the seed of the woman. That emphasizes his humanity. 
just like he called himself the seed of man when he said about himself in Luke 19.10, Luke 19.10, his mission statement. He said, the son of man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. The son of man has the same uh, emphasis as the seed of the woman. And he's also called the star. He's called the star that's going to come out of Jacob. He's called a scepter that's going to rise out of Israel in Numbers 24, 17, 24, 17. Numbers 24, 17. I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. Imagine, you know, he's a scepter. He's called the scepter. Imagine the king of the universe holding the scepter of rain with nail-scarred hands. That's really something. Something to keep in mind for today as we'll later um, take the elements of communion. He's called the day star. He's called the day star that rises in our hearts. Second Peter 1.19, Second Peter 1.19, where it says, He is a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn, and the day star arise in our hearts. He's called the bright and morning star in Revelation 22.16. Revelation 22.16, he said, speaking there, he says, I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. He's called a stone. He's called a stone for a stumbling, something to stumble on. And he's also called a rock of offense in Isaiah 8.14, Isaiah 8.14, where he's called a stone of stumbling and for a rock of offense to both the houses of Israel. And many among them shall stumble and fall and be broken and be snared and taken. He's called the stone which the builders rejected, and yet in spite of that, he's become the headstone of the building, the cornerstone of the building in Psalm 118. Psalm 118.22, 118.22. The stones which the builders refused is become the headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So this is just a few of the many names of the Lord Jesus. But here Jacob has, has used this name for, for the Messiah, the Lord Jesus, which is the name Shiloh. Now, when you hear that name, Shiloh, what, 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 what Hebrew, name, Hebrew word does it sound like? What, what Clint? Yeah, it sounds like Shalom. Because it sounds like Shalom because it comes from Shalom. It all comes the same word. And, and which means peace. So shalom means peace. It means rest or quietness, and, 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 and which sometimes is a rare quality among Jewish people. That's why they keep saying it, shalom. But anyway, <laughs> well, it means rest and quietness. That's the name that the Lord Jesus describes, that's, that's described about the Lord Jesus in Isaiah 9.6. Isaiah 9.6, where it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. See, that's the Shiloh part, the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the author of peace. As a matter of fact, the best meaning uh, uh, you might say about Shiloh is the author of tranquility, tranquility. All right. That's why the Lord Jesus is called, he is called our peace. He has called our peace in Ephesians 2, in Ephesians 2, 14. For he is our peace, it says. And also in Micah 5, 5, Micah 5, 5. This man shall be the peace. So the peace, that, 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 that it, it's characterized by what are called in the Bible, his days, his days. 
in Psalm 72.7, Psalm 72.7. In his days shall the righteous flourish and abundance of peace so long as the moon endureth. So as Shiloh, as the, as the peace, the man of peace, the prince of peace, the Lord Jesus as the Shiloh speaks and, and he speaks about this way in, in um, John 14, 7, John 14, 7, when he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. His word brings peace to us when we read it. That's why the Bible is, is one of the reasons why the Bible is so useful for us, because we have trouble in our hearts and lives. We read the Bible, peace settles in. And this is what he said would happen in John 16, 33, John 16, 33. These things have I spoken unto you, spoken unto you, his word, that in me you might have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And so when he said, these things have I spoken unto you, they might have peace, it shows the purpose for, that he had in mind for when we read the Bible, to give us peace, to give us peace. This is the blessing, this is the blessing he wants to give us when it says in Psalm 29, 11, Psalm 29, 11, the Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. And you remember in the great ironic blessing, one of them was give peace to his people. And then as he makes this great invitation to mankind, he makes a great invitation. This is what it's all about. He said in Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28, Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's like peace. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek and lonely in heart, and you'll find rest unto your souls. So it's when the Lord Jesus said that, that that was Shiloh speaking when he said, peace. And, 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 and Jacob not only gives this name for the Messiah, but he also tells when the Messiah was going to come, when he would come. And the Messiah would come before the scepter departed from Judah. Now the scepter is a staff. The scepter is a, is a it's it's a it's a it's really a symbol that the that the ruler holds. He usually has an imperial symbol on the top of it, and it indicated rulership, a rule. So the the scepter came to Judah. Does anybody remember when the scepter first came to, Ju- to 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 Judah? The scepter came to Ju- the scepter of rulership came to Judah. Does anybody remember? It was with Israel's second king? You know, it's it David. It's David, right? First king was Saul. What tribe was he from? Benjamin, right. So the ruler, so the scepter came to Judah. The scepter came to Judah when David was made king over Israel. He was the tribe of Judah. Now, to say that the scepter departs from Judah is to say, really, that Israel has no, no longer a king. Now, there were many times when, when, when Israel was in captivity, so to speak, or it was ruled by others, right? The famous one, the Babylonian captivity. But Israel still had a king because Nebuchadnezzar still put Zedekiah in that place. But so, and, and, and other times when, but, 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 but there was one point in Israel's history when the people confessed and stated that the scepter had departed from Judah. That was the time when the Jewish people saw themselves and said that we no longer have a Jewish king reigning over us. Anybody know when that was? Yeah, that's right. It was in John 19, John 19, 12. This is so significant of what happened here. John 19, 12. You might might read this and say, well, you know, you 
he presented them a king, and they say, no, nah, no, but it's very important what happened in John 19.12. John 19.12 says, and from henceforth, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, saying, if thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. Whosoever maketh himself a king speaketh against Caesar. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus forth, sat down in the judgment seat in a place that is called the pavement, but in the Hebrew, Gabbatha. And it was the preparation of the Passover, and about the sixth hour he saith to the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests, with their authority speaking for the people, the chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. That was it. That was the official statement from the uh, uh, speaking for Israel for the chief priests that 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 they said they had no king but Caesar. Prior to that time, like I said, they were occupied by Romans, but they never accepted that they had no king but the Roman king. They were occupied by the Greeks during that Alexander the Great time. They were occupied, and later, uh, and they were occupied by the Greeks, but they never accepted that they had no king. You remember, there was the Maccabee family that led the rebellion that eventually overthrew the Greeks there through Judas Maccabee. Now, but now it's all different because they're standing before Pilate. They see the Messiah, the Lord Jesus, who is their king. And Pilate said, and Pilate said, that's your king. And the chief priests declare, we have no king except the Roman king, Caesar. And just as the Lord Jesus during this whole ordeal, looked with his penetrating eyes at Peter after the cock crew, and he denied him, he denied the Lord. Peter, he looked at Peter, those penetrating eyes. The Lord could have looked at, with those same penetrating eyes at Israel, at the people, when they cried out that they had no king but Caesar, because at that moment, the scepter departed from Judah and a lawgiver from between his feet. At that moment, when the Lord Jesus was standing before them, that meant the scepter had departed from Judah. But Pilate was right when he called, when he called the Lord Jesus their king. He's the king of the Jews. That's the title that he put on the cross. So, if you, so, it, so it, it may also be viewed that from the cross, from the cross, the Lord Jesus, from the tribe of Judah, he held the scepter. But when he died on the cross... The, the, the scepter had departed from, Ju, from Judah, either one. It's, it, it was the fulfillment of this prophecy that Jacob gave that Shiloh, the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, would come before the scepter departed from, from Judah. Obviously, if you view him as holding a scepter per, and he dies, he had come before he died, okay. But, Judah, but, but now, Jacob tells us further about him in verse 10, the scepter shall not depart from Judah nor a lawgiver from between his feet till Shiloh come. And then he says, unto him shall, be, shall the gathering of the people be. So Shiloh now is the great gatherer. He's the great gatherer of the people, and, and, and he gathers the people to himself. Unto him shall the gathering of the people be. And we see the Lord Jesus doing this, as we mentioned in, in Matthew eleven twenty eight, when he said, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden. He's gathering the people. He's gathering the people who are burdened down to come to himself. 
And then we saw, as we mentioned here in, in, in Matthew 23, 37, again, another verse we saw, Matthew 23, 37, he's gathering, he's trying to gather Israel together when he says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you know, you're, you kill everybody I send you, but how often would I have gathered thee as a, as, as a hen, as a chicken, as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings? He says, I wanted to gather you. And the last call in the Bible, as a matter of fact, to come to him is a call again to gather in Revelation twenty two seventeen. Revelation twenty two seventeen. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let, and let him that heareth come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. So he's, that's what he's doing here. He's, he's Shiloh. He's gathering the people unto him. But Israel didn't accept that. Israel didn't come. I mean, looking at Israel, and the, the Lord wondered why, why, why no one was coming. He, he, he said that in Isaiah 50, verse 2. Isaiah 50, verse 2. Wherefore, when I came, was there no man? When I called, was there none to answer? Is my hand shortened at all that I cannot redeem? Or have I no power to deliver? Behold, at my rebuke I dry up the sea. I make the rivers a wilderness. Their fish stinketh because there's no water and dieth for thirst. So this is an amazement to God that when he came to gather the people, the, the, the Jewish people, that is, to himself, nobody came. And, and, and in Psalm 81.11, in Psalm 81.11, he says, my people would not hearken to my voice. Israel would none of me, nothing to do with him. And, and, and that's what the summer blitzers, you go get the map today, that's what the summer blitzers are, are experiencing and seeing today is they're going to the Jewish people in 13 cities around the world and they're inviting them to be gathered to the Lord Jesus to come to him. They're seeing Psalm 81.11 play out that Israel would none of the Lord Jesus. You know, it reminds me a few years ago, Mr. Sanders, not Bernie Sanders, but another another Sanders, Mr. Sanders from a, an Orthodox synagogue in, 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 in Baltimore. They, they wrote, a, they wrote a, 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 an article about Israel restoration, and they quoted him in the newspaper. As, and, and this is what he said. He said, judging by the conversion rate among Jews, Mr. Cantor's Israel restoration ministries is a dismal failure. Not just a failure, a dismal failure, which didn't make me just depressed. It made me dismally depressed. <laughs> because the Lord Jesus knew that, 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 that the people, he knew the people when he looked at them, he knew they wanted life. They wanted, who doesn't want life? They wanted eternal life. Who doesn't want eternal life? But, but he said to them, you know, he'd already told them, he said he was the, in John fourteen six. John fourteen six. he'd said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father that, but by me. Oh. They had to come to him if they wanted life, if they wanted the way to heaven, if they wanted the truth, the real truth, and if they wanted the eternal life. And, 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 and Peter had said it. He said it right in John 6, 68, John 6, 68. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. They had to go to him to get eternal life. And, and, and he, he invited them. He was always inviting them, not just in the Matthew 
1128 verse, but also in John 737, John 737, in the last day, that great day of the feast, though he's there in the temple, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. They had to come to him if they wanted to quench the deep thirst in their soul. And that was the rub. That was the rub of it all to the people. They, they could not bring themselves to do it. They could not bring themselves to come to him. And, they, and, and, and he saw that, and he said it. He, he hit the nail right on the head. He said it in John 5.40. John 5.40. You will not come to me that you might have life. And when he said that, he could feel his pain because he really wanted to give them life. He really wanted to give Israel life, and he just, it was just an amazement to him the depth of the prejudice that they had against him, and they couldn't bring, him, bring themselves to come to him. It's like a, a person once told a pastor in the Philippines uh, who told me this, that the person said, I would rather go to hell than to go to Jesus. That prejudice against the Lord is so deep, and that's what broke the Lord's heart. It just broke the Lord's heart when he said in Psalm 81, 13, Psalm 81, 13, oh, that my people had hearkened unto me, and Israel had walked in my ways. I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him, but their time should have endured forever. He should have fed them also with the finest of the wheat and with honey out of the rock should I have satisfied thee. See, in those words, you can feel the pain. You can feel the pain that the Lord was, was saying when he said, I so much want to subdue your enemies to the Jewish people. I so much want to give you the, the finest wheat or honey out of the rock. But you, can't, you, 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 just, you, you, you just can't get over your prejudice against the Lord. Now, in verse 10, Jacob did not see, un, did not say, I should say, he didn't say this. Unto him shall the gathering of thy brethren be. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800 247 3051. 
Reach Israel. Join Tom Cantor for the second annual Israel Restoration Ministries Jewish Evangelism and Training Conference in San Diego, California, February 22nd and 23rd at the Creation and Earth History Museum. Early bird registration, only $99, includes a two-day conference pass, meals, teaching, Creation Museum and Tabernacle admission, plus over $150 worth of equipping resources. Come hear Tom Cantor, Dr. Michael Brown, Dan Sered, and more on how we can reach the lost in America and Israel on February 22nd and 23rd. Call 619-599-1104, 619-599-1104, or sign up at ReachIsrael.com. That's ReachIsrael.com. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Grow deeper in God's Word with the Friendship with God King James Version Study Bible prepared by Tom Cantor. This genuine lambskin large print study Bible features the history of Israel, full-color timeline and maps, frequently asked questions about the Jewish Messiah, prophecy and fulfillment study, Hebrew root notations and definitions, the life study of Joseph, and so much more. Order your copy today for only $49.95. That's $49.95. And receive a free personal signed copy by Mr. Tom Cantor, along with your name engraved on the cover. To order your Friendship with God Study Bible, call 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. Or visit us at creationbookstore.com. That's creationbookstore.com. 